0: Welcome in everybody. How was your weekend? Hope it was good. It is a Monday edition of Steel Man and Thune. No Parker today. He's going to be on 2-6. to six. Tyler McComas is out for a couple days so we are uh, switching the lineup around a little bit. So uh, once again we will have uh, uh, Parker on beginning at 2 o'clock today. Coming out of the bullpen again for yet another bullpen appearance. The one and the only Connor Pasby. How are we doing Connor? Doing well Mike. Did you enjoy your weekend? Yeah, I did. It was too short, as usual. I'm in favor of the uh, three-day work week and the four-day weekend, but so far, you know, we haven't been able to get that to pass anywhere. But yeah, it was a good weekend. A little R&R. I got to watch uh, Tiger play a lot of golf, and uh, that was always a good thing. We had we had a lot of
1: sporting events to watch. We did, yeah.
0: It was a lot of stuff. Sooner basketball team, overtime loss in Austin. Uh, went uh, seven minutes without a field goal. Texas came back to win that game. Sooner softball team lost to Baylor yesterday. Jenny Baranchek and company uh, get it done. Winning at Kansas 86-80 to uh, 80 yesterday. Sooner baseball lost two of three to California Baptist. They will play Air Force today at 3 o'clock. You had the NBA All-Star game. John Rom won the Genesis Invitational. He's on a roll right now. Number one player in the world again, supplanting Rory McElroy, but uh, man, it was a busy weekend. I-, I think we'll start today with sooner softball because anytime Oklahoma loses in softball, it's a thing. And uh, Jordy Ball gave up the three-run homer. It was the third inning that killed Oklahoma yesterday, so they fall to eight and one with a loss to Baylor uh, four to three yesterday. But you know what? I think it's a pretty good thing to lose this early. You don't want to be like 45-0 and 0 or something like that going late in the season. I mean, if you could, yeah, you, you'd take your chances. But what we've seen, this is still the most talented roster in, in uh, college softball. I don't think there's any doubt about it. Now, Oklahoma State's playing really well, too. Cowgirls are 8-1. They've beaten four ranked teams. They're on a six-game winning streak. But you you know that they are missing the presence and the leadership of Jocelyn Allo right yeah. now. But they're coming together as a team. Kenzie Hansen didn't play. Uh, she is a big leader. Uh, you know, when she gets healthy, and she was getting healthy again, then had the appendix issue, I think this Oklahoma softball team is going to be in good shape. But again... Uh, it was surprising, and again, when Oklahoma loses, the other team celebrates like they just won the whole thing. Exactly what they did. And that's what you saw Baylor do yesterday.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad team. That's still a really good uh, Baylor team, but it's nice to get that uh, one loss out of the way. We'll see how we'll see how OU softball responds. I think it's still a really, really solid team, but it doesn't hurt to get that uh, early loss out of the way. It's still early in the softball season as well
0: jocelyn erickson how about what she's been doing she looks really good uh sydney sanders i know hasn't uh, quite taken off yet but that is a loaded roster with more depth than they've had and they've always had some pretty good depth but uh, they're going to be fine but baylor beats oklahoma in waco in the getterman classic in waco yesterday uh four to three was the final sooner women will next be in action at the mary nutter classic in california that will be a Friday game against Cal State Fullerton at 2.30. Then they'll play uh, Texas A&M on Friday at 5 o'clock to get started in that event. Here's what I want to talk about, though. Angry old man to start the show today. I mean, that's what you're here for, right, angry old man? Where are we at in society today? The NBA All-Star Game, Saturday night, Mag McClung, yes, was at Texas Tech, transferred there from Georgetown, second white dude to win the slam dunk championship. Okay, that was all right. Buddy Hield was runner-up uh, to Damian Lillard in the uh, three-point shootout. I thought Josh Giddy and uh, Jalen Williams played great in the Rising Stars Challenge. We'll hear what LeBron had to say about the future in Oklahoma City coming up a little bit later. Very complimentary of uh, Josh Giddey and the Thunder But the All-Star game is, I mean, I guess the baseball game is all right. The baseball
1: is the only thing
0: that I can watch. I don't know what the NHL is doing now. I'm not a big enough hockey fan. I kind of wish I was because, um, you know, when the Blazers were here, it was fun. I just didn't grow up with that in my sports background. But the All-Star games are horrible. And yesterday, this Olay defense – I mean, come on. You think Larry Bird or MJ or Bill Lambeer would have flattened somebody in that situation? Come on. It was a freaking layup line.
1: It was then, ridiculous. then half-court shots, just taking turns, and then what? Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. It's just pretty much just one-on-one for a whole quarter. I'm like, no thanks. I, I'm not watching that.
0: You know, I I am super excited that Thunder's coming back to, you know, being a contender again. They're on that road. They— they got off the highway of tanking, the tanking highway. They took an exit that said road to contention again, and they just got on that road. They've still got a ways to go, but they're going to be really good. They're going to be really good. Sam Presti did tanking about as well as you can do it, and now Oklahoma City's future is so bright. Right now they've got to wear shades. That's what they got to do. S- but, S-
1: SGA should have taken a vacation with only playing, what, nine minutes <laughs> at All-Star Game? Nine
0: points, uh, four or five from the floor. Of course, there was no defense. One of one from three, seven assists. He, he looked pretty good out there. But uh, anyway, you know, I'm thinking that Billy Joel needs to write another version of We Didn't Start the Fire. Just for sports. Because conference realignment, NIL, transfer portal, All-Star Game stink. Load management in the NBA. These guys don't want to play. You know, you used to get excited, right? Man, I can't wait to go to the Thunder game tonight if you're a kid. LeBron's going to play tonight. Oh, what, Mommy? LeBron's not playing? What a bunch of wimps. And then I find out, I hope T-Row doesn't get mad at me because I can't really get into college baseball this early. Uh, The Sooners lose two of three over the weekend. And uh, they will play today against the Air Force at 3 o'clock. So, T. Road, don't get mad at me. 2.30 pregame, by the way, for OU and Air Force. Love Skip Johnson. He's a character, great coach, great run last year. But to hear now they've got electronic devices now to send pitches in. I've told you that we are circling the drain. In baseball, I understand there's a 20-second pitch clock. But you need to be allowed to, you know, grab your crotch, spit, you know, Use the bat to get the dirt off your spikes, whatever. Now we've got freaking technology with the pitcher. TJ's yep. telling me pitchers are taking the little electronic device out of their back pocket, looking at it as Skip Johnson sends in, to, uh, sends in the pitch. Yeah. I mean... Where are we at as a society? This is ridiculous.
1: They're trying to speed up the game. I feel like they're slowing it down even more. Just what I saw over the weekend.
0: And now college football. All right, they're trying to uh, speed up the game. Okay, I get that. Games go too long. I always, every time I see the schedule every weekend and ESPN has a game at 11, then the next game's going to kick off at 2.30. How often does that game kick at 2.30? Never. Never. Ever. Unless you have, like, Army, you know, against a predominant run, another running team. Maybe. But it's always Oklahoma versus Iowa State currently on ESPNU. Or, you know, because they never, yeah. they can't squeeze it into that window. I get it. But talking about, like, taking the bands out of the thing at halftime. Seriously?
1: Did, did you see all the potential rule changes that they have lined Yeah, up?
0: I want to talk about those when we have a little more okay. time in one segment. But, yeah, we need to talk about those. But And I heard Plank talking about, it. well, maybe they're, they're thinking about taking away the bands or cutting down the band time. Let's just keep turning college football into the NFL, all right? Why don't we just do away with bands? You know, we're paying everybody anyway. Let's just turn it into the NFL, like a A NFL situation. I mean – College football, what has made college football, to me, better than the NFL, and I know the NFL rules and TV ratings and money and all of that, and I like the NFL too, but college football, the different traditions, the bands, the chants, the walks to the stadium, you know, the Sooner Schooner, Howard Rock, Howard's Rock, Mikey the Tiger, you know, Chief Osceola, all of that stuff, but we're turning college football into the NFL.
1: It's the best game, so don't ruin it.
0: I I mean, it's just – I know this is an old man rant, but I hope you guys feel the same way because some of our sports right now suck. The NBA, look, when Oklahoma City – and I'll still watch the NBA some. uh, Thunder games, obviously. And I can't wait for Oklahoma City to be back. You know, they're probably going to be in the playing game this year, but they are on the road to recovery. There is no doubt about it. But with load management – and all of this stuff, I mean, it's just ridiculous. I was watching, did you ever look at 80s NBA videos? You go to the basket, Bill Lambeer took out Larry Bird <laughs> like in a pro wrestling move, and Larry Bird fought the entire Pistons team. Is there anybody that'll do that today? Now you have no. guys just so worried about their health nowadays. Yeah, now the media timeouts are ridiculous. You're right, but here's the deal. Money rules, right? That's... Greed, Gordon Gecko was so wrong. Greed, for lack of a better word, is good. No, it's not. It sucks, and it's killing some of our sports right now. But I don't know. I just uh, I was looking at the All Star Game highlights because I, w- I wasn't going to watch any of that. No chance. But I saw the highlights, and it literally was four guys standing on the side of the floor saying, "Hey, take this ball to the basket. Do whatever you want." I was
1: watching for SGA, but once I saw him only playing, what, nine or ten minutes, I pretty much gave up on that. Then you had LeBron, what, hit his pinky on the rim, and then he missed the rest of the All-Star game. Oh, of course. Yes. I I, I just can't stand it
0: anymore. It is uh, pretty ridiculous. And like I said, baseball, electronic devices to send in pitches. I understand you can't have it both ways. We've been complaining that college baseball games are too long. Uh, and here's the deal. We have zombified so many people out there because they can't watch anything without looking at their phones. They have the attention span of a chimpanzee. I mean we've and look, I throw myself right in there as well. Shay and I, I'll be watching like OU on ESPN Plus and Shay will be watching a series together on Netflix or whatever. And if we're just watching a game or a Netflix show, I'm looking at my phone every two or three minutes thinking something's got to be happening, right? It's ridiculous. We have been trained. We have been zombified. We are The Walking Dead right now. And it's just like movies, the art of watching a movie. Let's hope the theaters don't go away because... Nobody will watch a full movie anymore if no, it's at home. No. You're looking at your phone. The director, don't worry about the shot being cool. Don't worry about the framing or the artistry involved. because People aren't going to be watching anyway. We are circling the drain. It's <laughs> just so many. Uh, yeah, we're just we're
1: ruining so many sports, it feels like. If these rules conti-
0: actually happen... You know, it's it's just disappointing to me. Anyway, if we are circling the drain, you know what? Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems uh, they they don't do plumbing, but I'll tell you what they do. Heating and air. And they do it very well. 405-579-3113. That's 405-579-3113. Family owned and operated, servicing the Greater Oklahoma City area now for 16 years, Tim Lasher and Lasher Home Comfort Systems. But I don't know. I'm just, I feel like my gunning that ran, where are we at? This is a society (laughs) today. I do like what the XFL is doing. I caught some XFL
1: games over the weekend. I like some of the rules that they had that they put in.
0: Well, hey, Bob! and the Arlington Renegades, got a win. Jeff Bedette scored the first XFL touchdown of the season for the Vegas Vipers, but they lost in Arlington, twenty-two to twenty. Jordan Smallwood had a nice catch uh, for Arlington. I did kind of like the Renegades uniforms, but I uh, too, yeah. I'm just down, I'm starting to get down on sports a little bit. And our guy Jordan Evans had a big time hit. I saw that. Yeah, for Seattle, big time. Okay, let's take an opening timeout right here. We do have Jesse Crittenden coming up at 1 o'clock at the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Hope everybody had a great weekend. But, look, I, I don't know how many of you are out there like me, but I'm just – some of the sports I'm looking at and what we're doing, and I'm like, man, these are the end times. They've got to be. We can't have sports going this way. We can't. Electronic devices to send in pitches. You should be spinning. You should be grabbing your crutch. You should be kicking dirt and taking as long as you want. There's no clock in baseball. We don't need electronics. Stephen Hawking warned us before he passed, watch out for too much technology. AI robots will rule the world. They'll be playing college football. You'll just put a uniform on robots here in about 10 years. In another conference, because we'll realign them too, Right. It's ridiculous. We'll be right back. I just took uh, three or four shots of Geritol, so I should be fine. I might mess my Depends up if I get any angrier. Oh, man. But that would not be a pretty sight <laughs> at all. But I'm just, I'm fed up. I feel like I'm going to go. you If you're just joining us, by the way, I had an old man rant the first segment. You know, electronic devices you know, in pitchers' pockets for college baseball. Uh, NBA All-Star Game, which was already a joke. For Saturday night kind of keeps it going a little bit. Mack McClung, second white guy to win the slam dunk contest after uh, Brent Barry, That was pretty cool. Buddy Heald nearly won the three-point shootout. But the game is an absolute travesty. It's just a total joke. And the NBA is a total joke right now in many ways. Many ways. Can You know what I want to do? For load management purposes, I'm taking tomorrow off. Now I'm taking it off right now. I am gone. You are doing this show mentally. I can't do five days in a row. Are you kidding me? So
1: uh, LeBron broke the scoring record. I don't think he's played since, Mike. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and he basically crap like that left left the game. Yeah, I know.
0: A a tight game against the Thunder, and the Thunder won. And LeBron, I got a record. All right. So look, I I feel like I'm going to be. Did any of you guys or gals out there? Are you old enough to remember the movie Network, 1976, I believe it was? Great movie. Peter Finch played this character named Howard Beale, and he went crazy. He was an old man like me, and he finally had had enough, so he just got on the set. And he said, I want all of you to stick your head out the window and yell, I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore. And he just did that over and over. That's, what, that's how I'm going to open the show every day. Just like just Google up or go to YouTube, Howard Beale Network. I'm mad as hell. Because that's where I am. <laughs> Stick your head out the window. Open it. I'm as mad as hell. And I'm not going to take this anymore. I mean, we're ruining college football. And I'm excited about the SEC, but NIL, the transfer portal, that's gonna benefit scumbags like Lincoln Riley, like mule shoe, okay? I'm very angry. Taking the bands away from halftime? Stupid,
1: man. <laughs> I mean
0: like I said, if you want the NFL, just go watch the NFL network, get the Sunday ticket, and we'll just make college football intramurals like Dan Hawkins. Go play intramurals, brother.
1: You would, you would ruin traditions if that happened, if you take away bands.
0: I mean, come on. Fight songs in college football. I understand that's probably not going to happen, but it's just ridiculous. All right, let's go to the Air Comfort Solutions text line. People helped me vent today. I might pass out. I might pass out. When I heard when TJ pushed me over the edge, I blamed TJ for this rant because I was already upset. The All-Star Game's a joke. Man, all of this stuff. You know, the NBA guys, they're killing the NBA with their ridiculously wimpy, you know, just plain pansy attitudes now. It's ridiculous. And then TJ tells me, yeah, did you see the college baseball? The pitchers were reaching in their uh, back pockets to get a uh, electronic device to see what the pitch was going to be. And my head exploded.
1: Well, you, you know it's bad when the coaches don't even know the rules. The Arkansas head coach was just furious in the postgame about ruining the game of baseball, so – If he's saying that, then he's right. You
0: know you got a problem. He's right, and here's the problem: our ridiculous society today. We all got addicted to these stupid phones, and you know, which if you lose your phone, basically, what you're in a total panic. That's like it's worse than losing anything, except like your loved ones. That's it. It goes loved ones <laughs> then phone. Then phone. What happens if you might be a hundred miles down the road? If you forgot your phone, guess what? You're turning around. You're going man. right back. It's ridiculous. I remember watching on 60 Minutes when the dude from Google said, "We we have programmed you to look at your phone all the time." And they did it. They brainwashed us. All the tech companies. So anyway, I think. Um, you know, to me, the uh, the situation is just uh, I'm finally at a breaking point. I don't want to I don't want to break down, but I might. Okay, let's get to some. Uh,
1: yeah, it's blowing up here on the text line. Let's do it. Let's see what we got. Steely chill. Sports is the toy department of life, especially when things like this happen. Breaking: six point three magnitude earthquake hits Turkey's Syria border two weeks after the region was devastated by an earthquake. They killed tens of thousands. That's from Mike and
0: Springfield. And I get it, Mike. I get it. Part of this is tongue in cheek, but the uh, the situation is, I get it. There are a lot more important things in life, and sports is entertainment. But some of our sports that we've loved for so long, they're just tinkering with them too much. It's becoming ridiculous. Steely, I am with you. Today's professional
1: athlete is far, far from the professional athlete of yesterday. They don't work as hard. They don't give back as much. They simply do not care.
0: Well, you know, a lot of that happens in the collective bargaining process, right? Hey, there's a clip in there from Charles Barkley. Actually, let's play that. Uh, It's the very bottom clip, all right? And uh, I agree with Sir Charles uh, talking about the current state of the NBA, and this to me is – when I heard this, I'm like, "Amen, exactly." This is what Charles Barkley said over All Star Weekend about the current state of the NBA. They don't want to play back to back games. Every time a fan says something, they get them tossed. If they're not happy, they want to get
2: traded. Like it's going to come to a head in the next CBA.
0: There you go. Yeah, I agree. And that is our Ortho Central clip of the day, brought to you by Ortho Central. They do a tremendous job. Uh, treating uh, orthopedic and sports medicine injuries. They have the location in Norman, and now the uh, Tri-City location serving Newcastle, Tuttle, and Blanchard. These full-service clinics do a tremendous job treating, again, orthopedic and sports medicine injuries.
1: It's, like, surprising now if they do play back-to-back games, which the Thunder don't have a problem with that. That's why... The Thunder are the only team that I watch in the NBA now.
0: Well, here's the deal, uh, Connor, and I get that CTE's a real thing, and you hate to see what happened to Mike Webster. and um, You know, you, you've got to be more careful about the way we deal with head injuries and make sure we have the safety of the athletes uh, first and foremost. But it is it's ridiculous. Again, these guys, particularly in the NBA, not playing on back-to-backs and stuff like that. It's become a load management deal. And once ever once one team does it and has some success with it, everybody yeah. else does it. Sports is copycat all the time, whether it's college or pro. But it's, it's way out of hand. And like
1: KD going to the Suns, and he hasn't played a game yet for the Phoenix Suns.
0: Yeah. Okay, Santa John says, I agree with you, Steel Man. I agree with you, Steel Man. Thank you very much. I'm just – I'm just uh, – a lot of this stuff is crazy. And maybe I, I, told, uh, I told my wife, I'm, I'm glad I'm going to be checking out of here, out of here in like 15 to 20 years <laughs> because I can't imagine what it's going to look like.
1: Yeah, yeah, he also said we have computers calling balls and strikes too. Yeah, they're doing that in the minor uh, leagues. They tried that out, which it hasn't been successful.
0: Well, you know, I understand. But to me, when a player is holding a device to look at what the pitch is, And also, well, it speeds up the game, and you can't steal signs and that kind of thing. Well, guess what? Stealing signs is part of the game, Part of it, yes. I mean, there's some gamesmanship going on there. Let's take that out of it, too. I mean, come on. It's such a pansy world we live in. It really is.
1: Yeah, we got some NBA. Someone said today's NBA is terrible. Yep, we, we all agree now.
0: Yeah, and by the way, don't send me any racial stuff on why the NBA is bad. I'm not going to get into that. I'm not that kind of guy because it's just it's the CBA. It's all of that stuff. And we've made these players believe they can get away with anything. And I'm not saying there needs to be servitude or anything here I'm talking about, but the players have all the power now, all of it. And I'm for college kids, you know, where they – Getting ripped off by not getting maybe a little bit more than a scholarship and their whatever, you know, their, um, you know, their monthly stipend was or whatever. But I think like what we do here in America a lot of times is we take it to the extreme. And hopefully the pendulum will swing back to normalcy at some point. But I'm just still a little bit uh, concerned about the way sports are headed right now. right. Go ahead.
1: Oh, oh, I was going to say, nine one eight says pro football is the same as basketball. Pro Bowl and all-star games is a joke and shouldn't even be played. Yeah, yeah that Pro Bowl for NFL, the flag Ridiculous. football, you don't need that. Yeah, get that out of here. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, uh, let's take a break right here. I want to thank everybody. Keep those texts rolling in, 405-651-3439. We're going to talk a little Sooner football. Did you see that the Sooners got a tight end from Cameron over the weekend? Joseph Fanuel? A 6'5", 215-pound tight end, former basketball player at Cameron. Maybe he can be the next Antonio Gates, right? Who knows? We'll talk about that when we get back. Stay with us. Parker's off today. He'll be in at 2 o'clock. Connor Pasby is joining us right now, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans, the ref, coming right back. We are back. It is the Monday edition of Steel Man and Thune. Mike Steele here with Connor Pazby today in the Buffalo Wild Wings studios. 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. want to thank our friends at Wing Casino. Over 2,800 electronic games, all your favorite table games, big-time poker room. They have the best bars and dining, the Coop Ale House Bar, the River Buffet, steak night on Friday, seafood night on Saturday, big-time brunch on Sunday. Chips and ales is a great Pub, Restaurants, and uh, the new member seven promotion. If you don't have a wild card, go to Riverwind. When you get out there, get your wild card. You can take part in all the great promotions. Hear your name called for all the giveaways. There's a lot of cash and bonus play they give away right now. Again, the next one coming up is Saturday night when they do all the drawings for the Love to Get Away promotion. And uh, they'll have five patrons winning grand prize packages of $5,000 in cash each happening at Riverwind this Saturday night. And then we have Beats and Bites, the summer outdoor concert series, also presented by Coop Aleworks, beginning on May 27th with an opening show of 38 Special and Blue Oyster Cult right there on the Beats and Bites stage. Later in June, the Gin Blossoms, Tonic, and Soul Asylum, Mark Chesnut in July, Gary Allen in August. Get your tickets now. Get your tickets now at Riverwind.com. Okay. Uh, You know, the basic thing is... I miss a world where the men were men and the wimps were the wimps. And right now we've got the wimps ruling everything for the most part. We, got, mean, we, we got the little boys, no more men. I mean, come on. Who In today's NBA, who would have been an old school NBA guy like Stephen Adams or maybe even Draymond? I could see Draymond on the bad boy Pistons. I could see Stephen Adams, you know an old-school NBA, but they're a bunch of wimps. It's ridiculous. Except, of course, for all the Thunder players. They're tremendous. But, um, you know, I'm just frustrated with the way a lot of our sports are going right now. That's the bottom line. 405-651-3439. Okay. Steel Man, I thought Tiger. the Tiger joke was hilarious. It was a joke between friends. People need to get a life and relax. Look, you know, it's not like Tiger pulled that out and showed it to everybody. Hey! You see what I got here for JT? I just outdrove him, all right? You know what that makes him? I'm handing him this, all right? He barely, you know. And the, the camera had, to, had to, to have it. Zoom way yes. in to get that picture. I mean, Tiger's always been a little bit crass. Let's face it. I mean, he's done a lot with his foundation, but he's also made a lot of mistakes, and he's kind of a crass dude. Um, To me, though, we blow things way out of proportion. And here's the main reason we do it. This stupid thing I'm holding right here, the phone, because somebody knows if they say, Tiger, or horrible, you know, they know they're going to get engagement, which is pathetic. Have some humor. I, I, I thought it was hilarious. I mean, look, it's not something I would do, but I've never been one of those guys that talks a lot of trash on the gut. Go- well, I'm not good enough to, number one, but <laughs> I wouldn't do it. But JT was laughing about it. That's what they he were. He was laughing all for about. it. That's yes. what they were laughing about on the 18th green. We all thought it was JT shaking his head because Tiger made three birdies to in that round on Friday. But it was Friday, right? Yes, yeah, so it was the first. Yeah, I think so. was it the first round? It may have been the first. I think it was the first round. Yeah, it was Thursday. But Tiger made those three birdies to conclude that round, and we thought JT's shaking his head like, man, I can't believe you. But part of that was he was shaking his head at what Tiger handed him. Okay, 405 651 Someone
1: asked about the – have you seen the documentary of the full swing – on Netflix yet?
0: I've seen the first two episodes. It was good. It was yeah, good. Jordan and uh, JT with Southern Hills, and then uh, the second one was mainly about Brooks Kepka's struggles. I highly recommend that if you haven't watched it. Shark says agents are the biggest problem. Maybe. A little bit, yeah. Yeah. It's all it
1: says, the NFL is so much in more entertaining than the NBA. I will agree with that.
0: Well, and think about if we're going to do a prognosis of the sports and how they're going right now. The NFL's going, going great. Are there issues with the NFL? Yes, some, but for the most part, it's going great. College football, my favorite sport, uh, is it going great? Yeah, it's still going great. But the road we're traveling right now, man, we might go right over the edge of the cliff. I don't know. Maybe it'll be great. Maybe it'll be a lot better. Look, I'm excited about the SEC matchups coming after this next season. Oklahoma, one more season in the Big 12. But it is becoming a lot more like the NFL. College basketball has not been as good for a long time. A long time. Because of the one and dones. And I can remember, who was the last undefeated team? 76 Indiana, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Yep. Seniors and, and, uh, I think, a junior. Um, And you used to almost – you could think about who the starting lineup was going to be for every team in the Big 8 for, like, three years in advance because we weren't leaving early. And it, it started to happen with MJ and Wayman Tisdale and other players, Magic Johnson, but college basketball is not the same. College basketball is a good sport, but it's mainly about the tournament.
1: Well, and you're lucky to have a player for two years at that school. There's a good chance oh, they'll yeah. have a complete new roster the next year. Yeah,
0: and you can't get really familiar with some of the players because – You can't if, fall in love with them because you know they or, may leave. If, because if they don't – yeah, if they don't fall in love with the minutes they're getting or, you know, you used to have to had to practice and work your way into playing more. Now it's just, man, I'm not playing. I'm out of here. It's, it's sad. You know, here's the deal. Like, tough guys – George Blanda, back in the day, the guy was like 42 years old when he came in games. I mean, he looked like he was 65 at the time, all right? And he would, you know, if Ken Stabler went down, George Blanda would run out there, lead the Raiders down the field, and then kick the game-winning field goal, you know, straight-on kicker. And then you had other guys like um, Hacksaw Reynolds when he was with the 49ers. When they played the Bengals in that Super Bowl, they showed a shot – of the uh, the 49ers loading up to get into the bus from the hotel. Everybody's walking out in a suit and everything. Hacksaw Reynolds comes in or comes into the shot wearing his entire uniform <laughs> with the <laughs> helmet on and chin strap buckled. We don't make guys like that anymore. No, we don't. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. Uh, what else? Steel Man will Oaktree ever get a major again one day, Jim in Arlington. Um, well, they got the seniors major not too long ago. I don't know. I don't know if they, – you know, the we haven't seen one um, on the Champions Tour. You know, maybe obviously again, but particularly, uh, you know, you only have the the U.S. Open and the PGA in the rotation. So, well, so. man, Tulsa got some love in that full swing. Uh, documentary. Yeah. Man. Did you yeah. see Justin Thomas going to the CVS in Tulsa? And the guy, he's walking out because he had allergy issues. So he goes to a CVS in that's Tulsa. cool, And man. he's just walking out and the doors swing open. And he's walking out with a CVS bag. First of all, he can't get the electronic thing to work, you know. Yeah. Card rejected. Try again, you know. And then he walks out and he's going back to his vehicle. The guy walks by him. Hey, JT. Good luck this week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like, What's up? <laughs> so da- down to earth, dude. So, uh, anyway. All right, uh, what else do we have? The wussification of America. To an extent, yes. Oh, that's from Broken Arrow Fat Boy. <sighs> it's so frustrating. It's very frustrating. So, yeah,
1: just from earlier, Mike, you brought some NBA talk in here now from some texters.
0: The players in the NBA don't even have relationships with, with their teammates and their coaches. I mean, it's, it's pretty ridiculous. Uh, yeah, again, I don't want to get into the, that, that stuff, 479. That's just going to create a bunch of BS I don't want to talk Someone about. So
1: Steely, what would you change about college football if you could?
0: I mean, I would love to uh, limit the portal somehow and make sure that we're kind of all playing by the same rules when it comes to money in the NIL. But I don't know if the courts would, you know, that could be struck down in the courts again. You know, that's why we, the Supreme Court ruled on all this stuff. And that's why we have what we have. But I don't know. I'm just worried about it. You know, I'm worried about it now. And then who knows? Like I said, and I said this when this happened with OU and the SEC and everything started happening. It may be a better sport 10 years down the road. My guess is it probably won't, but I hope it'll still be great.
1: Yeah, limit the portal. I know Josh or Josh and Plank talked about the rule changes in college football potentially happen. We'll get to that later on. But, yeah, please do not do that. The way it's looking, they're trying to get it uh, to like the NFL.
0: Yeah, and here's the deal. People say, take away the commercial breaks and the media timeouts. Guess what? People won't give up. Money. Yeah. So that probably is not happening. Or... I mean, you see how golf does it now. They'll do that break, and they'll show the action. But you can't really do that during a football game, you know? So, it's Gordon Gecko was wrong. Greed is not good. It's horrible. All right, we're going to take a break. 405-651-3439. Jesse Crittenden coming up at the top of the hour. We'll talk a little uh, Sooner basketball, Oklahoma, and uh, Texas Tech tomorrow night. Sooners need to get that one. Tech's been playing a lot better. Tech's been playing a lot better. One in Morgantown over the weekend. Sooners, another tough L in Austin in overtime. Coming right back here on the ref. All right, let's get to some Sooner football. We talked about Oklahoma, Josh Fanuel. From Cameron University, was a basketball player coming to OU and is going to try and be a tight end, a Cameron basketball player, 6'5", 215 pounds. There have been uh, NBA or uh, guys who played uh, basketball who turned out uh, Antonio Gates comes to mind immediately. One of the best tight ends in the history of the NFL. Graham and, uh, from
1: Miami. He played some Jimmy Graham. Not, yeah. yeah,
0: Jimmy Graham. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Brent Venables, of course, met the media on uh, Thursday. It was a big media day, and this is what Brent said when he was asked where the program is right now in terms of getting ready for the SEC.
2: I just go back to where are we at right now being inside out regardless of the conference affiliation We're in the Big 12. These are still the same improvements that we need to make. We need to we need to make improvement in every single area uh, In regards to this program. So again continue to develop our roster Through recruiting and again the development of our program strength and conditioning uh, you know fundamentals scheme development football intelligence Uh, continue to you know support all of our different areas of our program from uh, nutrition to elite recovery uh, to the academic support uh, to the facility you know we i know that's been laid out there those are all things that are important for for the university of oklahoma to be a championship program regardless of you know the transition to one conference to the other you know uh, had we not made the move to the SEC, every single thing I'm talking about still applies to where we're at right now as a program. And, and so, you know, that's where we choose to be, being inside out. We recognize, you know, uh, you know everybody else is going to talk about, you know, the conference, you know, this conference and the differences for us, you know, trying to, trying to um, uh, implement a, the blueprint for a championship program. You know, these are – this is our vision. It's not a championship program for in the Big 12 and then a different template for the SEC championship program. It's it's all the same to us.
0: There you go. And uh, Brent went on to talk a lot about, you know, the line of scrimmage and how important that's going to be. And Oklahoma's got to get better there. On the interior defensive line in particular – and again, it's just a physical battle. If you're going up against Georgia and Alabama, you saw what Georgia did to TCU. And I think TCU had a really good season, had a pretty darn good football team. But they got absolutely manhandled up front by Georgia. Yeah, and you, you, really, saw, you
1: saw the difference between the defensive line and the offensive line, for sure.
0: Yeah, and that's been the biggest issue for Oklahoma. They've been in more of a finesse league. Now, I think the Big 12 and certainly the Sooners have tried to move away from that a little bit more. But it was flag football, it seemed like, for a while. And when the Sooners got there, their offenses were pretty prolific, but they hadn't seen anything like, you know, anything near what they were seeing in those. And, again, they should have won the Georgia semifinal. But in some of these games, they were just overmatched at the line of scrimmage and completely dominated. So- well, I,
1: I said this last week, too, but Ohio State was able to match up with Georgia's because they did have those guys that could match up with them on the defensive line and uh, offensive line as well.
0: Yeah, there have been uh, four elite teams uh, over the past decade, right, really in college football. Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, Clemson. And the Sooners are trying to get back in that group. And really it's, it's, a, it's Georgia 1 now, Alabama 1A, and the Sooners need to get back first in that group. First of all, they were 6-7 and seven a year ago, which is unacceptable at Oklahoma. I think they're going to be better. Somebody asking me off Twitter today, Steely, which of the uh, portal guys do you think will really make an impact? Number one, Deshaun McCullough. All right. I think he is going to be the guy. You heard Brent say that Danny Stutzman was the best player on the Sooner defense a year ago. And, yes, he had some mistakes here and there, obviously. But you got to love his fire, his energy, He's only going to get better, but I, I think Deshaun McCullough would be the first guy. And then you got to look at Rondell Bothroyd or Jacob Lacy or uh, Trace Ford, particularly if Trace Ford's healthy. On the offensive side, I think Austin Stogner's going to have a nice year. I think Walter Rouse, you know, I know he's got the labrum injury right now, but he should be ready to go. After spring football, and uh, he should help him on the offensive line. Yeah,
1: Bothroyd and Trace Ford are my favorite ones just based on what they can do around the edge. They're elite edge rushers, and especially Trace Ford is uh, when he's healthy.
0: Yeah, and uh, did I throw Reggie Pearson Jr. out there at safety as well? I think he's going to be an impact guy. So he they, can hit. They've got a hold man, Desan. Yeah, Desan. Desan. Uh, not Deshaun. Sorry about that. Yeah, he cleared that up again. Uh, on Thursday, so, and I think he's got a chance to be the best player in the defense. And I know that Brent said it was Danny Stutzman a year ago. Remember, this kid was recruited by just about everybody, and was going to Ohio State, but his dad was at Indiana. So uh, you know, McCullough is going to be a heck of a player, no doubt. I, I think he's going to have a really good year. And the, the Sooners better hope you know these portal guys really come through. And you know there are going to be some misses. There are going to be some guys who look at man, I, I expected more from. But if you hit on the majority of these, the really big majority of these guys, they should be better on defense. Well,
1: McCool doesn't seem like a miss. He was a freshman All-American at Indiana. He's going to make an impact right when he gets in.
0: I would not expect him to be a miss. I, I surely wouldn't. And Trace Ford, I think, would be a huge impact guy. If he's healthy, he's had a problem staying healthy, obviously, of late. Okay, break time right here. Hour number one in the books. We've got another hour to go. We'll start with Jesse Crittenden. We'll talk sooner football and basketball coming up. Uh, with the Norman Transcript Sports Editor, Sooners next on the hardwood. Coming up tomorrow night, eight o'clock against Texas Tech. Porter Moser meeting with the media here in about thirty minutes down in Norman, and uh, the Sooners, of course, on Saturday will go to Hilton and play Iowa State. Oklahoma currently thirteen and fourteen in the year, three and eleven in the league. Man, you got to get this win against Texas Tech. So close, close again, but no cigar in Austin over the weekend. All right, break time, thanks to Lasher Home Comfort Systems. Come on back for hour number two here on the ref. There must be some kind of way out of here. Say the jumper to the thief. I wish that I had just seen a scale. Jumping into hour number two, presented by the Seth Wadley Auto Group in Paul's Valley. We appreciate uh, their sponsorship of hour number two right here on Steelman and Thune. Parker is not with us today. He will be on at two o'clock for locked in. Tyler is out today, so Parker is uh, doing uh, Tyler's time spot. So get ready to hear from Parker, all the latest recruiting information and more, of course, coming up, uh, getting locked in at two o'clock right here on the ref. Seth Wadley Auto Group, exit 72. Paul's Valley, USA, if you're looking for a car, it's a truck or an SUV that you're looking for, maybe a pre-owned vehicle, they've got a tremendous selection there and a ironclad, big-time Hall of Fame guarantee from Seth himself. Oil changes, engines for life on newer, used gas or diesel at no additional cost to you. Okay, Jesse Crittenden, Norman Transcript Sports Editor, joining us on the Riverwind Casino Hotline. Jesse, not a tough one for the Sooners, man. The one thing you can say is this team hasn't quit. They're gutting it out, but they're still losing close games, and they're getting blown out some, of course. But Grant Shurfield had the big three to send it to overtime, uh, but the Sooners just couldn't get it done in Austin Saturday.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. This this team hasn't quit. I mean, I think even in the losses that um, have been by a big margin, I don't think you can say this team has quit, but – uh, I think in some ways you keep on thinking that this team has kind of reached the low point of the season, and then they they find a way to to get gut punched a little bit more. And I I think in some ways this Texas loss might be the hardest loss of the season. I genuinely think for for most of the game, OU outplayed Texas. Um, I I really do. I think I think OU did a lot of things well. They did a better job of. Doing things like getting out in transition and scoring on the fast break, they had a lot of players that that uh, that made some big contributions. But um, I mean, I think it's a hard thing, not only because they outplayed Texas, but because you're on the road against the number six ranked team. It's your biggest rival. It's a win that could completely turn their season around. I mean, their chances of making the tournament go up exponentially if they find a way to win that. But instead, they they lose and in, in uh, devastating fashion in overtime. So. Uh, I mean, there are still a few opportunities here to, to, to turn their fortunes around, but that is a game that could have really been a boost for them and, and almost maybe kind of kind of would have helped them gloss over some of the other tough losses of the
0: year. Yeah, no doubt. And, and you look at – they've got Tech tomorrow night, 8 o'clock on ESPN2, and we were looking where are these wins going to come from, you know, the rest of the way. The one that was standing out was that home game against Tech. Well, Tech's playing really good right now. They were more beat up injury-wise when the Sooners won in Lubbock, and Tech just won in Morgantown over the weekend. So, you know, Tech is playing some good basketball, rolling into Norman tomorrow night.
3: Yeah, that's the thing. And, again, I don't think anybody was ever going to say that, that any of these games in the regular season were going to be gimme's by any stretch. But, yeah, you're right. That that Texas Tech game tomorrow night, I think it was by far the one I think most fans had circled as, okay, they've they've at least got to get that one. And you're right, not only is Texas Tech playing better, but, I mean, OU beat Texas Tech in Lubbock a few weeks ago, but they were down three starters for that game. I think they had a really tough start to the Big 12 schedule, and they've really kind of turned around. In some ways, they're playing almost as well as anybody in the Big 12 right now. Yeah. So, that that game is not going to be easy, um, but again, I mean, it's, you know, we're getting kind of down to the wire here. There's not a bunch of opportunities left for OU to turn their season around, but, I mean, you got to think, I mean, winning at least three of these last four games, if not all four of them, it might be the thing that gets them to um, maybe maybe increase their tournament odds. But it's not going to be easy tomorrow night. And I think, again, it's going to be interesting to see how OU responds from yet another gut punch, maybe the toughest one of the year um, so late in the season. So I think the way this team responds, can they respond, how do they bounce back, I think is going to be pretty telling tomorrow night.
0: Jesse Crittenden, our guest, Norman Transcript Sports Editor on the Riverwind Casino Hotline here on uh, Steel Man and Thune. Connor Paz being with me today. Parker on again uh, starting at 2 o'clock today in for Tyler McComas. Okay, let's switch to football. What was your biggest takeaway from the media bonanza with Brent and all the newcomers and the Portal guys on Thursday?
3: Oh, man, there there were so many. It was, it was kind of a madhouse uh, in the best way possible. I, I never thought... Uh, it would be such a thing as almost having uh, too many opportunities to talk to players, almost too much media coverage. But you'd always rather have that than the alternative. And I think it was just really cool. I mean, Brent even talked about it. I mean, he said he wants – I mean, he thinks this incoming class, not just the new guys but the transfers too, he thinks um, they're going to come in and and play a big role. And this is an OU team that's had a lot of turnover. And I think what really stood out to me was not only that – I thought Brent was was pretty transparent in what he's wanting to do. He's wanting to get these guys out in in front of the camera. He wants fans um, to get to know these players because they'll play a big role. But I think the players were really appreciative of that, too. I think I mean, so many players that I talked to um, were were really happy to be there, were really um, happy to talk about their stories and what brought them to OU. And I think the other takeaway for me, I, I talked to a couple different players about it, including Jackson Arnold. This class? It's it's not again not just the freshmen but the transfers too. This incoming class is really close. I think the chemistry um, has been there for a while. I think Jackson Arnold has played a huge part of it, not only in terms of never wavering in his commitment to OU, but I think he has made a concerted effort to really bring this class together, um, get everybody on the same page, hold everybody accountable. And Brent kind of alluded to that too. This is a close group of guys that I think are really happy to be at OU. So. Again, there's a lot of things that they're gonna to have to do to, to bounce back from uh, the six and seven finish this past season. But I I mean this this is a class with talented players and more than anything, I think this is a class that all likes each other, wants to be here and, and is and is ready to make an impact right away.
0: Talking to Jesse Crid did in the Norman transcript. What kind of player do you think is getting into Sam McCullough? And uh, what were your impressions of what he had to say? Yeah,
3: I mean I think he's a guy he was really impressive. Uh, right away, I mean, it, it didn't take very long talking to him to realize he's a guy that, uh, I mean, he, he brings a veteran presence. I think he brings a leadership. He brings a stability. I think he knows who he is. He knows what he brings. And I think he knows um, how to, I mean, I think he knows how to best serve this this OU team. But he, he talked like a guy that wants to come in and, and, and make a big impact, not only just on the field, but off the field too. And I think he sees a lot of the freshmen coming in. He sees a lot of. The, I mean, this is an opportunity for for him to kind of come in and 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 show them the ropes and help them along. So, um, but I also think he's going to be a guy that's going to play a big role uh, on you know on the defensive side of the ball that that uh, really is going to need to make some improvements from last season. But I think that's the thing is this, they're not only just getting talented guys uh, in the freshman class, but they're bringing in some transfer portal guys that have experience, they've made an impact on the field, and they want to be at OU. And I think on is. Uh, it's kind of at the top of the list in that regard.
0: Jacob Lacey, uh, you know, coming in from Notre Dame, I thought he was impressive. And then when you hear Trace Ford speak, it's he's kind of laid back. But he's obviously, when he's been healthy, he's been a really – was a really good player for Oklahoma State. Sooners are hoping they get that version as well. But when he's talking about, you know, going from Stillwater to Norman, it's kind of like, yeah, no big deal, you know. I mean, he's so laid back about that.
3: Yeah, no kidding, and I think in in a lot of ways, I mean, it's not that he doesn't know how significant it seems to the outside where, uh, you know, you you get a Bedlam transfer like this, obviously he's going to have a target on his back in some regards, particularly from the Oklahoma State fan base, but he seems like a guy that, I mean, he kind of doesn't care about that. I think he saw OU as an opportunity to kind of rewrite his story a little bit. You're right. I mean, the guy's got so much potential. He has made an impact on the field, but... Um, For one reason or another, a lot of times it's been injuries. He just hasn't been able to stay on the field. I think he sees OU as a chance to kind of rewrite his story a little bit. I think it kind of gives him a second chance. And I think OU has always kind of been appealing to him. But you're right. I think he comes in. He's not worried about maybe how his move was perceived. He's not worried about, uh, you know, doing things how other people want him to. I think he wants to, he wanted to come to OU to play a big role. And I think he's comfortable. Uh, being here at OU, it's not just him. I think a lot of the guys that we spoke to they just there's just a comfort level. I think even they've only been here a few weeks a lot of the transfers obviously that's a difficult process. when you come from high school to college it's a it's a, it's a difficult it can be a difficult transition but I think a guy like Trace Ford is he's just excited. I think he's happy to be at OU and I also think he's anxious to um, to get spring practices started and to get on the field and, and prove that he can make an impact for this team.
0: All right. Well, the OU softball team is not going to go sixty and zero, but uh, I still think they're pretty good. I think they have the best roster in college softball. But they lose to Baylor yesterday, four to three. They're eight and one in the season. Uh, Jordy Ball ran into some trouble in the third inning. The Gavon home run, the three run shot. Obviously, the Sooners nearly came back, but it came up short. What do you think uh, about this softball team so far? Clearly. Uh, they've got great depth and they've got unbelievable uh, players. It seems like uh, more than they've had before, but they're also maybe missing that Jocelyn Allo girl somewhat, right?
3: <laughs> yeah, it would be. I think it'd be a little weird if they if you didn't feel uh, that they were missing her presence. But yeah, I mean, I think I think obviously it's it's, it's always rare to see OU softball take a loss, particularly. Kind of the way they did it, that game kind of got away from them. They out-hit uh, Baylor, and I think in some ways uh, outplayed them. But I think what you're seeing, and Patty Gassos talked about it, she wants the team to go through adversity. I think in some ways what OU softball has done the last couple of years, is it's it's, it's almost been unsustainable. You've never really seen OU softball have to kind of gel and, and, and find a rhythm and go through some slumps and, and go through some tough points. Really, at any point of the season, usually, I mean, you, you a lot of times in almost every sport, every team, you know, it takes a moment for them to click. That hasn't been the case for OU softball. I do think that is going to be the case this season. I think you're right. OU, this loss should not deter from how talented this team is and, uh, I mean, the, the championship expectations that they have. But, yeah, it's not just Jocelyn Allo. They're missing several players from last year. Uh, they've got a lot. I mean, they've got several new players in this lineup. Uh, whether it's whether it's young uh, – you know, they're younger players or they're, they're transfer players that they're going to need to play big roles. And I think you saw in that Baylor game is – I mean, I don't I don't think it's going to take a ton of time. I don't think they're going to lose a ton of games. But, I mean, I do think it's going to take them some time to gel. Um, you you don't just lose Jocelyn Allo and see no impacts. But, again, I think some of these – I mean, a struggle like this can be good for this team. And Patty Gasso mentioned it multiple times before the season – I, she thinks it's good for the team to go through some adversity, and here's, the, here's some adversity just nine games in.
0: Jesse, we appreciate your time. I know you've got to get over to uh, Porter's uh, media Vale. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you again next week.
3: Yeah, of course. Appreciate you having me
0: on. Jesse Crittenden, Norman Transcript, sports editor. You know, the Sooners have another Jocelyn who's pretty good. Jocelyn Erickson freshman four home runs already, right? Just a freshman, yes. Yeah, and she was one of the most highly recruited uh, prospects in the country a year ago. Top ten high school recruiting coming through so far. Four home runs for the Sooner women uh, thus far. Oklahoma next in action at the Mary Nutter Classic. <laughs> Did you just go Beavis and Butthead on me? No, man. That tournament
1: name always gets me, but... You just uh, went, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah,
0: Nutter. The Mary Nutter Classic, ladies and gentlemen, will be happening for the Sooner Women at 2.30 Friday against Cal State Fullerton, and then Texas A&M Friday at 5 o'clock in the Nutter Classic, <laughs> where you must wear short, really, really short, old-school hickory high basketball shorts yes no softball pants all right we'll be right back stay with us here on the ref go into your texts next here on the ref it is mike steely Along with Connor Pasby, we've got uh, Parker coming in at 2 today. He'll get started uh, getting locked in. Here in a little bit, Tyler is out the, uh, today and will be back with us tomorrow. So he's taking Tyler's spot today. Hope you're doing well on this Monday. I've been on some old man rants. I, uh, I'm mad as you know what, and I'm not going to take it anymore. You've got electronic devices uh, in college baseball, and pitchers are you know using those like a, like a miniature iPhone to see what the, uh, the coach wants to call. By the way, why is it a coach in college baseball, yet it's a manager in professional baseball? I've never understood that.
1: Yeah. It's always been that
0: way. And why is it again? I think, you know what would be cool? You know, the managers in baseball – Who was the one, was it John McGraw, was that the guy that wore the suit in the dugout a long time ago? I'm trying to remember. Somebody who's really old, let me know. Or go ahead and Google it up. But, um, you know, in no other sport besides baseball does the coach or manager wear the uniform. I mean, we do we need like Mark gagnault on the Thunder sideline in shorts and a Thunder jersey? <laughs> yeah. Or we need the football coach with pads and football pants. I mean, and a lot of these guys shouldn't be wearing the uniform, right? My favorite ever though, manager wise, Earl Weaver.
1: Earl Weaver, yeah.
0: Earl Weaver had the best, the best, you know, blow ups with the umpires. Ryan, who is it? Uh Ron Luciano, was that the Empire that Earl used to get into it with back in the day? Earl was the best man. He turned that hat around backwards, get right in their face. uh Lou Pinella had some fine moments when he ripped up first base, but you know
1: that's a good point though. Baseball is the only sport where the coach like goes all out and does wear the uniform to match the players.
0: Yeah, and sometimes you get to see an old man walking out there with half-deflated man-ass, you know, in (laughs) in those baseball pants, and it's not a pretty sight. That's what happens when you get a little bit older. You get the half-deflated man-ass. It's not good. Okay, Connie Mack. There we go, Shark. Thank you. Thank you. Sparky Anderson was pretty good, too. Who was it? It was Hal McRae who had that blow-up with the media back in the day in the post-game where he ripped that phone out of the wall. Good stuff. We need more of that. We need, like I said, I miss the days. We're real men. We're real men. And the wimps, we're real wimps. And right now, we've got a lot of real wimps out there. Someone said Bobby Cox from the 405. Bobby Cox was pretty good, yeah. Bobby Cox was pretty, pretty good. All right, uh, 405-651-3439. OU Mitchell says, Sooner Softball needs to ball out at the Nutter. Yeah, I do. I see what you did there. Connor went all Beavis and Butthead when I said Marry Another Classic. He just. I couldn't hold myself
1: together. Oh, my gosh.
0: You don't even know who Beavis and Butthead are, do you?
1: Yes, I do. Do you? You I'm old enough for that. They're
0: back on Comedy Central. They're back, by the way. They've got, I think it's on Wednesday nights. I may have to watch it. Oh, yeah. Billy Martin was a classic. Billy. What did George Steinbrenner fire him seven times? Billy Martin. Legend. Absolute legend. Okay, 405 651 3439 My buddy and I used to talk about this all the time in high school and pictured Kelvin Sampson running up and down the sidelines in full uniform. Yeah, it's, it's weird. You know, it would be cool to see, though. Camo Sooner says, Hey, man, Steely, we have gone soft as a society. You know, here's the deal I don't want to come off as, you know, total. You know, like the rednecks who think everything's ridiculous. Because I'm all about giving groups respect, people who don't look like you, giving them love and respect. And as long as they're not hurting you or your family, and, you know, it's all about loving and respecting other people. You know? But some of this stuff is ridiculous. And a lot of this stuff is just pansified completely because people want to get... You know, attention on social media. You can tell who the people are. There are people who, uh, simply, again, I believe that are putting stuff out there that they don't necessarily believe because they're getting engagements. And it is—it's sad. It's really sad. But I know what you're saying. I do think overall, though. Yeah, it's uh, do we we. Are, I don't know. Could we We're win? Changing. Could we? Could this? Could this generation win World War II? No. But here's the deal. The rest of the world's pretty pansified, too, now. So I think we could probably find a way. Yes, loving and respecting people except Muleshoe, Mike Steely Brain. That's a good point. You nailed it, man. You got right into the
1: brain right there. Those are some some words to live by.
0: That's exactly right. That must be a neurosurgeon right there because he nailed it. That's how my brain operates right there. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty good. Okay, four zero five six five one thirty four thirty nine. It was very common long ago for managers of baseball clubs to play as well. Really, did not I didn't know that. Hmm. I'd like to see some clips of that happening. The last, uh, like in the NBA, we had player coaches, right? Like Bill Russell, didn't he play a coach? And there was somebody else. Yes, that Bill coached. Russell was. Somebody else did too. Way back when interesting I'm betting we're going back to the early 1900s for that or something would be my guess that's in the days when you know they would pitch like 26 innings if it went into extra innings or whatever and come back the next day or like those boxing they didn't matches care about, they the, didn't care about their arms the They're bare yeah, knuckle brawls think about those <laughs> that went like 70 rounds or whatever people those guys were just beating the you know what out of each other for like four hours Not today, my friend. There wasn't no three,
1: four days rest for starting pitchers.
0: You think Larry Bird would have taken a night off? Heck no. No. When his right hand was ailing, you know what he said? I'm going to go out. Shot with his left. I'm going to go out and kick the Blazers' ass with my left hand. And guess what he did? He did He went out and kicked the Blazers' ass with his left hand. We need some of that mentality. Big Al says it's the wussification of America. I love Big Al. Big Al Jerkins. I guess Pete Rose
1: was a player manager.
0: Was Pete? I'm trying to remember if he he did play, didn't he?
1: I guess I didn't know that. We got we got a few responses I saying think, that. I
0: think he's right. I think he's right on that. I think maybe for like a year or two, man. Well, yeah, he had to play. He was trying to, you know, make Bet sure that. He, sc- yeah, absolutely. <laughs> man, I gotta affect this game somehow. I'm I'm so, so I can make some money. <laughs> I gotta put myself in here, man. Yeah, I think that's right, Sam, now that you mention it. I think that's right. So I'd have to Google it up, but I think that is correct. So there you go, Gunny of Stutzman Army, Googled it up, and he says yes. Wow, I totally forgot that he played for like a year or two. And uh, under the owner at that time was a wonderful human being, Marge Schott, who was one of the worst owners in the history of – Yes, we could win World War II. Our soldiers are still the best. Yes, I agree. Those who are in our military right now, you know what I'm saying? No Google needed, by the way, said uh, Gunny of Stutzman Army. But our, our military is still the finest by far, no doubt. But remember, we had to recruit a lot of people. Would, would we have people who would sign up, you know, and go go to war? I don't know. Maybe we would. Brent so,
1: from Jink says, Baker Mayfield is an example of what happens if you play through uh, injuries in today's game. Well, I wish, crap on you,
0: you know, I do agree with that decision because Baker was trying to prove how tough he was, but I'm talking about uh, that's some, just who he is. Though. some of these uh you know little nagging injuries that I don't think are that serious that people just say, "Yeah, I need a night off." and look, I'm not saying you have to play eighty two games, but some of this stuff just got totally ridiculous. but with Baker, you're right, I think that cost him. I think. Uh, Baker went downhill ever since, and I think he was trying to play through the pain and show his teammates and the organization, man, I got this. I'm still tough. And um, he was never quite the same after that. But he'll always have that Monday night game, right? Yeah, he will. will. Okay, let's take an early break right here. 405, 3439. Frank Robinson, player managed. Was that when the Orioles got off to that 0 21 like, start that year, I think? I think Frank Robinson was the manager, so there you go. Okay, Hall of Famers who managed. Yeah,
1: Jim and Arlington sent us up a, a website showing all the player managers.
0: Man, it completely my mind did not have those guys in my memory bank anymore because I completely forgot sixty-four of them player managers um, with Pete and uh, Frank Robinson. Wow. And I believe, again, I'm almost positive Frank Robinson would have been uh, at the start of that uh, 0-21 season for the Orioles, which would have been 80-what, like, I don't know. Wasn't he there? I think he still would have been there. Okay, break time right here. Thanks to Air Comfort Solutions, 405-651-3439, Air Comfort Solutions text line. What I love about the text line is, when the old man brain goes into dial-up internet, which happens occasionally, then... You guys are always there, which we appreciate. Okay, coming back, we'll talk a little more Sooner football next, right here on the home of Sooner fans, The Ref. Looks like Russell Westbrook is going to be signing with the LA Clippers. It's just a matter of time finalized a contract buyout in Utah with the Jazz, and it looks like he'll be reunited with PG out uh, in L.A. with the Clippers. So there you go. Speaking of the NBA, the All-Star game is an absolute joke, total farce. But uh, All-Star Saturday night wasn't bad. Mac McClung was awesome, you know. He's not even on an NBA roster, right? Or I guess he is uh, now. He was with the uh, Delaware Bluecoats, the 76ers. Uh, you know, Mac McClung was at Georgetown initially during his college career and, uh, you know, went to Texas Tech. He won the slam dunk contest, 350s. Uh, Damian Lillard won the three-point shootout. Buddy Heald was tied for second. I thought Josh Giddy and J-Dub, Jalen Williams, particularly Josh Giddy, looked like a, almost a man among boys in the uh, Rising Stars Challenge. LeBron James again. Pretty impressed with what he saw from Josh Giddy and he uh, thinks Oklahoma City's future is looking pretty bright.
2: Josh Giddey's really, really good, man. Um, you know, obviously a, a tall point guard, um, you know, and is a triple-double um, type of playmaker every single night for, is it, because of his ability to rebound at his size, his instinctive passing, and he has the ability to score in the paint. Um, I think he's going to continue to get better and better. Um they have a really good young core over in OKC, and they don't even have Chet there just yet, you know. So, um, you know, but Josh is is, is a really good player, you know, along with the other rookies that they have this year. And obviously we know first-time Shea um, is really good um, and the rest of that crew over there. So um, pretty good player for sure.
0: There you go. LeBron, uh, the king, like of the future in Oklahoma City. All right. Uh, From Twitter, question from Alan Steely, what did you think of Tigers play at Riviera? I was pleased with it. Look, he was up and down. The putter looked a little bit rusty. He did make, of course, three straight birdies uh, on Thursday uh, for, you know, Tigers starting out with a uh, 69. Then he came back the next day, uh, 74, very rusty. Saturday was great, man. Nearly made a double eagle, shot 67, back to a 73 yesterday. So, again, he, he was able to play four rounds. Uh, The ankle didn't seem to give him a lot of major problems. I, you know, he's just, it's going to be physically more difficult for him. There's no doubt. Can you pull up the uh, Tiger on his future plans comment? And I said this, Parker and I were talking about it, you know, when we were previewing the uh, Riviera, the Genesis Invitational, that Tiger's playing a limited schedule. And here's what Tiger said yesterday after his round about his future plans for the year.
3: Well, here's the deal. Like I told you guys last year, I'm not going to play any more than probably the majors and maybe a couple more. That's it. That's all my body allowed me to do. My, my back the way it is, all the surgeries I have on my back, my leg the way it is, I just can't. Um, that's just going to be my, my my future. And so my intent last year was to play in all four majors. I got three of the four. Um, hopefully this year I can get all four um, and maybe sprinkle in a few here and there, but that's... That's it for my, my, my rest of my career. I, I know that and I understand that. Uh, that's just my, my reality.
0: There you go. I, I think uh, you know maybe he plays at, uh, at the players. maybe he's at uh, Bay Hill, but Tiger again, uh, it's just going to be the majors. I think the place he can win, we all know where it is, Augusta, right?
1: Yeah, oh, it's just part of getting old, too. I mean, it was still impressive to see what he did over the weekend. I I caught a little bit of it Saturday when he shot a 67. It's just really impressive to still hang in uh, with a bunch of these young golfers
0: that still got it. The dude nearly died in that car crash and nearly had his leg amputated, and he's back. So, he's a phenomenal, uh, you know, to me, he's the guy who is – you know, who is who played the game at the highest level. The conversation always, well, Jack or or Tiger? Well, Jack's won 18 majors. Yeah, but Tiger's won more tournaments. Tiger, you know, has, uh, to me, and I love Jack. I would get, put Tiger 1 and Jack 1A, but I can see those who think, you know, it's all about the majors that Jack should still be there. But, look, do I think Tiger's going to win again? Probably not. Probably not. He could win at Augusta. Maybe, you know, at those places where he's won before he could be in the running, um, and I hate to say that about Tiger Woods because, you know, he tends to prove people wrong, but, you know, I think he might be stuck with Sam Snead. It just depends on how he can do physically, man. That's that's going to be the key, if he can get any better physically. But to me, I'm just happy to see him playing golf because we were wondering if he was ever going to play golf again, right. even with, like, Charlie, right? And uh, he's out there. Playing uh, with the best players in the world, and it had a pretty solid showing. It was up and down, yes, but a 67 at Riviera is not, not that not that easy to do.
1: Someone said, oh, to be able to have Tiger's worst day playing. I yeah, his you. worst days are my best days.
0: I hear you. Okay, uh, 405-651-3439. Uh, Steely, what do you think is going to happen with the four defensive line prospects that the Sooners are in on? Well, uh, I saw that momentum is swinging back towards Oklahoma getting David Stone. It's still very early, and guess what? It could swing back the other way. Uh, Zadavian Sims, we'll see. Michigan State's been a factor, I guess, there as well. I think uh, Tyler and Parker put the over and under at 2.5. Could you get a half of one of those guys? It might be controversial. But uh, the other two we're talking about, Nigel Smith and uh, Will Winery. So, I don't know if they can get two of those guys. It would be huge if they can
1: get yeah oh. two of them.
0: Well, and if they could get all four some way, that would be awesome. Now, I think three would probably be the max there out of all of them. But if somehow they could get – I mean, what the Sooners need more than anything else, Todd Bates was close last year. They've got to close some of these deals on the big-time interior defensive linemen. The five-star kids like David Stone – uh, like Wilman and the high four-star kids, again, like Sims and Smith. So they've got to close more of those.
1: The Stone one looks promising, man. If you can grab David Stone, that can grab some attention from those other uh, two or three defensive linemen uh, to commit to OU.
0: Well you think about, you know, when I was growing up, a long time ago in a galaxy very far away, um, like the 70s, the Selman brothers, you know, and you think about those teams. Uh, seventy four, seventy five, and then you think of the eighty five team, man. You had Tony Casillas manning the middle. You've got to be better on the defensive line, and particularly on the interior defensive line. And you've really got to step your game up because in the Big Twelve, you're playing like Lincoln, Lincoln Park. All right. When you go to the SEC, it's Winged Foot at the U.S. Open. It's a different level on a lot of weeks. So well, you, we'll you got you
1: got everybody big in the trenches as well.
0: Oh yeah, big time. So. And, again, I think the Sooners going to the SEC is going to help them immensely. I think it helped them last year. Look, they swung and missed on David Hicks. But I think we know uh, kind of what happened there at the end of that recruitment. It looked like he was going to Oklahoma. We'll see. So – Anyway, come on, Steely, half of something is better That's than That's true, yes. yes. You know what? I wish we could go back because I've been in the old man rant today that I don't like all this technology. When T.J. told me about the pitchers in college baseball with a little thing in their back pocket looking for pitches, that set me over the edge. So I'd like to go back in time, 1.21 gigawatts, jump in the DeLorean, and let's go back to the 70s and the 80s. Can we do that? Anybody want to go back with I'm me down. to the 70s and the 80s? just not old school anymore. I mean, that's where – I mean, the Switzer had a little rough, rough stretch in what, like 80, 81 through 83? And then that recruiting class came in, that next recruiting class, and they were back, you know, winning a national championship two years later. But that's where I would go. Where would you go? You're still too young. I don't know if you can jump in the DeLorean, but – for me, it would be back to the 70s and 80s. That way, maybe the outcome would be different in Lincoln, Nebraska, when Billy Sims had the fumble that Jim Pillen recovered because I still think that 78 team should have won the national championship. Not blaming you, Billy. I know there were other fumbles. I know Billy said in the past, why is everybody going to talk about my effing fumble?
1: Yeah, I'm a I'm a young guy, but I'm still old school. So it's kind of hard to stay on top of the portal and NIL stuff right now in college Football, I hate how it's come to this, but I still love the sport. But yeah, it's just it's changed a lot, not only for college football, but just
0: for all sports. If they mess, money look, talks. Money talks. What is we're being we're messing with everything. They live golf, you know, and the PGA tour. I mean, it's it's ridiculous.
1: Well, we don't talk about baseball much, but baseball is about the only sport that hasn't changed. And guess what they're doing? They're changing it up this, uh, starting this year.
0: Yeah. Well, the problem is people don't have attention spans anymore. Your attention can be held. Maybe if you're my age, you can hold your attention for like a minute. But the kids today, they might have like a five, six second attention span. And baseball uh, for them has probably too slow of a game, right? Baseball, I've always said that it's best experienced at the park.
1: It is. It is. It's
0: hard hard to watch on TV. It's kind of like, to me, hockey, best experienced in an arena. Baseball, best experienced at a park. Um, You know, and one of the reasons that administrators, these marketing people, have at all these universities is it's getting harder, even at places like OU and Bama and some of the Blue Bloods, to get every butt in the seat because people have so many options now. And particularly, that's one of the issues for basketball, too, I think. And look, even the Carolinas and the uh, Kentucky still struggle somewhat by, you know, they're not packing the Dean Dome or Rupp Arena anymore. It's, the crowds are still really good. But the challenge is you've got to do something exciting enough, whether it's having a great team, great atmosphere, whatever, to get people to the arena, particularly in college basketball. You can do it more readily for a college football game. Because that's a day-long situation, right? You're there for your tailgate. You're there for the game. You're there for the post-game tailgate. It is – the day is built around college football. It's not the same. It's not the same with college basketball. Well, and college basketball
1: is a shorter game, and there's not as many activities going on, like you mentioned, with tailgating. So it's kind of hard to you know make that a full-day event of going to a basketball game.
0: Yeah. Yes, sir, 936 017475. Yes, Gunny of Stutzman Army says, I'm just too poor to pay attention, Steely. I hear you. But, man, people have – it's hard to pry. Look, you're not prying me off the couch very easily right now. I'll tell you, I cannot. Right? You get pried off the couch very easily.
1: <laughs> like, for example, the game tomorrow with OU Tech. I mean, you got OU dead last in the Big 12th right now. Texas Tech's not much better, but they're playing – uh, better basketball as of late. Games like that, it's hard to get out of your couch and go to it.
0: Yeah, I hear you. All right, uh, but again, for those in marketing and trying to come up with different creative ideas to get people to an event these days, it's like I said, we you know we were happy to get out of the house. I mean, we were playing pong. That's where we started first playing video games. Right? Nowadays, man, you've got everything right there. Okay. Let's take a break right here. We've got one more segment to go when we get back. We're a little bit uh, past our deadline for that segment. That's my bad. But uh, we're going to come back with one more segment. We'll try and get to as many texts as we can. If not, we'll hold them over for uh, Parker. Are you on with Parker?
1: No. uh I'm trying to think. Who Josh? It is. Par- Gosh. I can't remember. We'll figure Somebody it out. We'll figure it out. In with Parker
0: <laughs> Thune. Somebody will be, it might be Travis. I think it is Travis, yes. All right, well, it's a mystery guest. I think it's Travis, though. Stay with us here on the rep. No
2: space to rent in this town.
0: Our friends at Riverland Casino always have the best of everything, whether it's bars, dining, Your chances of winning a big jackpot, great promotions where they give you a great chance to win, particularly if you're playing with your Riverwind wild card. They also do entertainment the very best. And we have Beats and Bites, the outdoor concert series, coming back for 2023. It'll all get started May 27th on the Beats and Bites stage. 38 special and then Blue Oyster Colts. June 10th, how about the Gin Blossoms Tonic and Soul Asylum? July 8th, Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, and Tracy Bird. And then on August 26th, Gary Allen. Food trucks everywhere, great craft beer from Coop Works, Bring your folding chairs, bring the kids. It's a kid-friendly environment. You can and Any kind of food you're looking for is going to be out there with all the great local food trucks and enjoy some great music outdoors at Riverwind. You can get your tickets right now online, riverwind.com. That's riverwind.com. Five bucks a piece. Heck of a deal. It's one of the best values in local entertainment. And it's always a great time at the Beats and Bites Festival. And, again, we start out the festivities on May 27th with 38 special and blue oyster cults. Okay. Uh, 405-651-3439. Shark says, give me Bobby Boucher. You can do it.
1: (laughs) Good one. That's good.
0: Bobby is – You know, he was a great uh, guy getting after the quarterback. Steely, in your opinion, who are the best five Sooner defensive linemen? Uh, Top and five interior defensive linemen. Oh, the Switzer era. Well, you got to go Leroy. You got to go Casillas. Uh, Reggie Kinlaw would probably be one. Rick Bryan would probably be another one. Those are four from the Switzer era. Um... Okay, who almost whom Now, you're talking interior because, you know, I could throw yeah, like – Yeah, no edge rushers. Yeah, Jimbo Elrod out there, or some of the others. But the four I'm thinking of, clearly Tony Casillas, clearly Leroy Selman. Uh, then uh, Rick Bryan and Reggie Kinlaw would be the four, and I'm trying to think who would be number five on that list of the Switcher era. Good question, though. Someone Reggie
1: said my big concern – about OU's recruiting and the program as a whole under BV is the fact that they laid an egg in the 2022 season, and that makes every game in 2023 huge. They need to win at least nine games next season. The pressure on this program and BV is immense.
0: I think he's under a little bit of pressure. I I don't think he is, you know, you're going to see some coaching hot seat stuff before the season next year, and you might see Brand even at number one. But I don't think he is under, you know, I, if the seed is right now turned up to, I don't know, four or five, in my opinion, because of the way that Joe Castiglione operates. Um, but, look, no matter what you want to say, what excuse you want to make, Oklahoma should never be 6-7 and seven in a season.
1: Well, I think they got to win at least nine or ten games to give them some momentum as they head to the SEC. You, don't want, to, you, don't, have, yeah. you don't want to have a season similar to what no, we just had last no, year. No,
0: because if they have one similar, believe me, the, the seat will get pretty hot. Oh, man. And I know that everybody wants Brent to succeed, and I still think he will. Now, success in the SEC could look a lot different. You're going to have to get happy – with some nine and threes, eight and fours, maybe even some seven and fives. Dewey Selman was better than Kinlaw, although Reggie was. Yeah, that's right. I think Dewey. Yeah, you automatically think, and probably Lucius too. But uh, Reggie Kinlaw played a lot of years in the uh, in the league as well. Okay, but yeah, you know. But the good thing is that, um, you know, again we talked about your safety net in the SEC is the twelve team playoff, right? Yep. Because if you have And eight and four season in the SEC. Guess what? You're probably getting in the playoff unless you lose to like Vanderbilt. You know, as part of that. But so I, I think I like this culture. We all wanted to see. A lot of fans wanted to see go away from, uh, you know, get tougher, particularly in the trenches. Uh, you know, play a different brand of football. Don't give up exciting, creative offense. But you got it's your Oklahoma. You should be able to play. Great football on both sides of the ball.
1: And recruit on both sides, not just offensively. That's what BV is doing so far.
0: No doubt. And I think, again, Oklahoma moving to the SEC. Uh, Lucius did recruit Marcus Dupree. Yes, he did. Yes, he absolutely did, 100%. Okay, but um, I do think that, you know, I'd be surprised if they didn't win nine next year in that range. And we talked about
1: the season, or we talked about the schedule that looks for Oklahoma. They got feels like the better end of it
0: they got good solid players through the portal on the defensive side of the ball who have made plays already from pretty good programs you know so I think that their portal effort again on the defensive side of the ball is going to make a really big difference by the way
1: there. Teddy is with Parker from two to six, Oh, too. Teddy is with Parker yes. all right thank I, you TJ Perry yeah told me TJ
0: that. TJ I'm sorry Old man trying to remember stuff. You know how it was. Quite the day. All right, we got to get out of here. Everybody, have a marvelous Monday. We will see you.